You know, it's it's sort of that Christian band-aid that we sort of slap on people when they're going through a hard time. Trust God. But have you noticed, at least in your life, that those band-aids don't really do the job? Because no. we know we're supposed to trust God, but we don't always know how. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real-life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends, we have a treat for you this week. We have our dear friend, fellow author, Joanna Weaver. You may know her from books like Having a Merry Heart and a Martha World. She has over 1.6 million books in print, just a few. But what we love most about her is her heart and her continual pursuit of the heart of Jesus. So, Joanna, we are so glad you're here today to talk about your new book, Embracing Trust. I think trust is something we all struggle with at times, and particularly with everything going on in our world in the last few years. So tell us more about how you decided to share this message. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, this is the book that I have longed to write. Ever since I finished having a merry heart in a Martha world, I thought I would take a six-month sabbatical, and then this was the book I was going to write. <laughs> but it, evidently, God thought I needed more research. <laughs> and the working title at that time was Letting Go and Trusting God, and he kept asking me to let it go. And do the other thing that he had for me. And so got three other books and some DVD Bible studies. And finally, the Lord gave me the okay. And to be honest, I thought, well, this is going to come out fully shaped and formed because it had been in my heart for so long. I am firmly convinced more than ever that trust is the key to the victorious Christian life. I, I mean, when you really peel everything away you know, just as we trust God for our salvation, we need to learn to trust him for our everyday lives. But there are so many facets to it. And, you know, it's it's sort of that Christian band-aid that we sort of slap on people when they're going through a hard time. Trust God. But have you noticed, at least in your life, that those band-aids don't really do the job? Because we know we're supposed to trust God, but we don't always know how. And so that's really the heart behind this book is that somehow the Lord would use it to build that platform of faith that we all need, you know, mm-hmm. that goes down beyond the shifting sand of circumstance and actually goes to the rock of Jesus, yeah. and who he wants to be in our life. Wow. You know, as I was studying this out, you said that there are signs that we might have a trust issue. <laughs> Can you talk about any of those? Yeah. Well, you know, I came up with 10, but I'm sure that there's a whole lot more because I think different personality types maybe struggle with different areas. Yeah. I know like my husband, like he's Mr. Even Keel. I'm I'm the roller coaster up yeah, and down. Same. And <laughs> when I've had a good day, I've never had a bad day. And when I've had a bad day, I've never had a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so trust in a lot of forms come easier for him than me. But I think that our trust issues can kind of show up in different ways. One of them might be that we sort of keep God at a distance. You know, we've given him our heart, but we really haven't given him control of our lives because we're afraid of what he might do. Sometimes trust issues from our past 
become our trust issues with God because we haven't Mm -hmm. had a good father figure. We struggle with the father God and really believing that he has our best in mind. Uh, For me, this is where I tend to have trust issues. I limit God by my limitations, right? Okay. If If I can't see the answer in myself or in my resources, or if I can't see how, oh, this could possibly work out, Sometimes I'm tempted to just believe it's impossible. And so I really, I kind of limit God by what I think he can and cannot do. Um, a, a lot of times, you know, I think we struggle to trust God because we secretly believe God's mad at us. Maybe we've got a past that is sorted and we think, well, I can understand why God loves other people and wants good things wow. for them, but I've disqualified myself. And wow. so we just unpack a lot of the different eventualities that might stand between us and God. Yeah. Can you share a story about a specific moment when it trust just felt almost impossible? You know, when you're like, man, I want to be there, but right now I'm just not. Yeah. Oh, um, how long? Do you- <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah, yes, I can. Oh my goodness! You know, the book is full of just those crossroad moments that I think we all face. You know, where where our impossibility. And I was just thinking of that this morning. Those things that we come up against. That you know, all of a sudden, one day we can see God so clearly and see His power and His work in our life. But then we run up against our impossibility. And to be honest, probably the biggest one most lately has been writing this book mm-hmm. because, unlike some of you on this panel who just are so prolific, for me, writing is the hardest thing I I do. So that helplessness and just having to come to Him and go, Oh God. Unless you help me, I literally can't do this. I've discovered you guys, I can't even fake write. (laughs) And that really, that really offends my flesh, right? Because I'm a pretty capable woman. But if I let myself just get fogged in by that and the impossibilities, maybe um, there's been financial things. There's been when I just was dying to have a home and I was trying to make it in my own flesh. And the Lord asked me to just lay down the dream and trust that in his way he would do it. And, oh, you guys, at those intersections of surrender where I it was at the end of myself that I allowed God (laughs) into the equation. He's just done some beautiful things, but it hasn't always been in my timing or in my way. And that's the challenge of trust. Yeah. And I think we fear that, right? Or we feel shame over it, you know? And even you mentioned writing, like I have those moments too. And I found I often do my best writing on the days when I feel like I can't write anything because it almost (laughs) gets me out of the way, you know? And people yeah. are afraid to write. I say, you know, the day you aren't at all, that's a day you should probably quit mm. because it means you think you've got it figured out. And so oh, yeah. I think that learning to lean into those moments instead of resist them, you know, and you you built this book around the story of David, who had so many of those moments. <laughs> so how did that come about? Like, what about his story speaks to you in a way that helps you build trust? Well, you know, David's so amazing, the way he lived his life. And yes, he had some really bad choices along the way. But, you know, I think 
when you, the whole kind of theme of the book a little bit is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your past right. And you see David from a young man really doing that. I mean, I love, you know, Acts tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. And, and it says, because God said he will do whatever I ask him to do. And so when you look at those places where, I mean, he's anointed to be king of Israel as a young man, and yet he spends 15 years running from murderous Saul before God places him in that place of authority. And so, you know, I think sometimes when we, when we think, okay, I'm going to trust God, I'll do A and I'll do B, and then God has to do C. And we think it's this straight line between our obedience and the answer, but it's often a long, winding, twisting way. And David is just keeps bringing his heart back to the Lord. And there's just so many places in his story, you know, when they come back to their hometown in Ziklag and they find that all of their families have been stolen by raiders and his men are so distressed. They talk about stoning David and it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. And so again, just coming back to where we're not trying to find the answers in ourselves. We're not trying to do it on our own, but we're bringing God into the equation. And if you notice the one time David doesn't do that (laughs) when he's at home, instead of going off to war, like the other Kings in spring, and he's kind of bored and he's a little discontent and he goes for a walk on his roof and he sees a fair maiden. And even when he's told that maiden belongs to someone else, that sense of entitlement where somehow David's heart kind of strayed to his own thing. He takes what isn't his. And yet I love that even there, there is a teachable heart. One of the things I find fascinating is, you know, Nathan comes and he confronts David. He says, you're the man who stole the the poor man's sheep. And David is conscience stricken and he repents. And even though his son, the born by Bathsheba dies. It's really interesting. When you look in first or second Chronicles, you find that after Solomon, who was born to David and Bathsheba after the death of his son, the very next son is named Nathan. Nathan. Mm. This teachable heart, this heart that says, I've messed up, God, I, I, I bring it all to you. If you can do something with my life, do it. And, and just a beautiful trust that I want to emulate because I want to be a woman after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. And I think trust is the key. Yeah. You talked about coping mechanisms and you described them as fig leaves. I'd really like to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I really believe that the distrust that we struggle with um, that I think is wired in our fallen DNA because of that, doubt that the enemy sowed in Adam and Eve's heart, we still have that default system. And so when we're naked or ashamed or or we're trying to prop up our worth, we tend to put on fig leaves just like Adam and Eve did to cover their nakedness. And again, it can be different for different people. For mine, you know, um, I I sometimes find myself projecting a certain image, you know, and I'm going to be on more than small talk with Susie Eller and Holly Girth and Jennifer Watson. And oh my goodness, I hope I say the right thing. And I hope I project a certain image. 
and it's all kind of big leaves. And I, that's one of the things I love about you girls. Cause you're just real. We are. You're just real. <laughs> we can't help it. We, yeah, can't, we, we can't. keep trying to have an image and we can, we just can't pull it off. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am so with you. In fact, I think sometimes God just enjoys arranging little accidents for me <laughs> to where it's like, when I start thinking too much of myself, he's like, yeah, we need an attitude check. But, um, you know, for some of it's the fig leaves are, you know, wearing the right clothes, having the right house, driving the right car. You know, I I talk about the props that we sometimes have, like my handsome husband, you know, and he makes me look good. And sometimes we do that with our children. It's like, you have to be good so I can look good. And, and all of this is just kind of an illusion, kind of like the emperor's new clothes yeah. that thought, uh, you know, oh, if I have these, then this will make me. And yet he didn't realize that he was naked, shivering and cold, just like Adam and Eve were when they tried to cover their own nakedness. It's wow. yeah. really good. Jennifer, what do you think? Yeah, I love when you talk about, because I feel like the fig leaves kind of tie right into letting go of expectations and like that image that we want to put out there. I I think that that is so wonderful that you tied in how that's a really big kind of a disconnect to trusting God. So I'd love for you to speak into that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the things that even as Christians make us struggle to trust God is when our expectations go unmet. You know, Mm. when God doesn't Mm. show up the way we thought he would, or even we were taught he would, because there are scriptures in the Bible that seem to say, you know, uh, whatever you ask, you will have, you know, in my name, if you ask in my name, and yet sometimes we have prayers go unanswered. And that's why it's so important to have the whole counsel of God. It's so important, I think, even to let God out of the box that we sometimes put him in and we say, if you love me, this is how you're going to show up. If you really care about me, this is what I need you to do. And then when he doesn't show up, we begin to doubt his love. We doubt his goodness. We think, well, he loves everybody except me. And we begin to live as orphans rather than as children that are dearly loved by God. But I also talk about the expectations that that I've had of myself that have left me feeling so disappointed when I blow it, when I'm the weakest link, you know, when my attempts at work-based Christianity don't measure up. Even those expectations that I have of others, I talk about how I nearly destroyed my marriage with the expectations that I had of my husband, because he not only had to meet my expectations, he had to exceed them because meeting them was the least he could do. Yeah. It's dangerous, dangerous to our relationships, dangerous to our soul, and especially dangerous to our relationship with God. And also very real. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a very real struggle. And that's the thing is, you know, we had in my family a miraculous answer to prayer, and it blew us away. And that miraculous answer to prayer stood firm for months, and then things changed. And we found ourselves back where we were. I have laid awake in the middle of the night, whispering these words. I trust you. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't have all the answers. I'm not even sure what to say. Yeah. But I trust you. And So there's a wrestling that comes, Joanna. And I know that there's someone listening right now she can identify with that and say, you know, 
I want to embrace trust, and I love God with my whole heart. And I'm not telling you to do anything a certain way. I just, man, God, I feel like I've been on this roller coaster as I trust you. Yes. And it's really hard. And so I think allowing for the wrestle and the embracing trust is really Mm -hmm. key, don't Mm -hmm. you? Oh, I do. I do. You know, one of the things, and again, like I was thinking this morning is I can get so caught in the weeds yeah. of my situation, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and all the whys and all the, you know, but God and all of the questions. And, you know, there's so many things that I don't understand. Like my daughter and I, she's been such a good sounding board because she's very much a realist and a little bit skeptical. <laughs> So she kind of pushes against my Pollyanna thing that just is, mm-hmm. oh, just trust God. And, you know, she goes, I know God can, but I don't know he will. Mm-hmm. And that's navigating that one. You know, like she had a friend who had longed for a child mm-hmm. and, you know, eight and a half months pregnant gives birth to a stillborn and had to grieve the loss of their one and only chance to have a child. How do we navigate that? And I think, Susie, I think you bring up an important point. In our wrestling, there's going to have to be a place where we're going to have to make peace with mystery. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard. You know, Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of all hope cause you to overflow with joy Mm -hmm. and peace as you trust in him. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be understanding that brings us the peace. It's going to be what you're doing, Susie. And that's really the only thing that I think breaks that spiral of fear is just saying, Lord, I trust you. Mm -hmm. Even if I never see the answer here on earth, I trust you, Lord. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm able to break into that peace and joy Mm -hmm. that comes as we trust in him. And I think too, it's important to remember trust isn't an emotion. My husband and I walked through about a decade of infertility and You know, like trust in the moments when I'm like crying in the bathroom again (laughs) or really mad about my circumstances or having a sense of embracing what is like my trust can be the same in all those moments. Yes. Mm -hmm. But trust is a decision that we make Mm -hmm. and we can make it through tears. We Mm -hmm. can make it through shouting. We can make it through laughter. It's okay. So if someone's like, okay, to trust, it means I have to get to a feeling, a certain spiritual feeling. No, (laughs) it's okay. Like you can feel the opposite of trust and still be fully trusting. Yeah. And we are, I think, never in trouble with God for this being hard. You know, never. I think the desire to trust is enough. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. If you say, God, right now, I don't trust you at all, but I want to. Like that's enough. That is trust. And I I, I love that. I wish that we could talk forever. I, <laughs> I wish that we had all day. Could you, Joanna, let them know where they can find embracing trust and how they can find you? You bet. Well, you can go to my website, joannaweaverbooks.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at Joanna Weaver Books. And I also, I have a podcast that I need to have you guys on one day. Yeah, we'd love that. 
the living room with Joanna Weaver. You get to be in my living room. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) We're in. Yes. That would be lovely. Well, thanks for being with us. Thanks for what you do. And we just, we just love you. Yep. We're cheering you on and thank you for serving so faithfully with your words in so many ways for so many years. We're grateful for you and we know our listeners will be too. I'm grateful for you guys. God bless your ministry, your personal lives, all that your hand finds to do. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.